Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Ki Reese. And I'm Laura Brodnick. And just a quick apology note at the top of the show to a one Miles Teller because after all the chatter was happening yesterday following his appearance in Taylor Swift's new music video, everyone was like, he's anti-vats, we don't like him. He's come out to say he's done a little flipperoo, he's had the vaccination and he's no longer anti-vax. So a little correction at the top of the show. Look, I don't think you have to apologise too much to Miles Teller. Look, I love him as an actor. I watch all his stuff, but he has a very questionable personal life. He's done some things. He's made some headlines. And also, he was anti-vax. We didn't know he'd backflip till he came out. So it's more of just a follow-up than a correction or an apology, I would say. Just a little follow-up with some new information. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I like that little follow-up. Well, something else that we're going to follow up on today, on screen, everyone is loving Brooke Blurton's season of The Bachelorette. But my God, off screen, the drama. We have fines, leaked contracts, very public kisses, and today we're getting into all of it. Before we do that, we've got to do these entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. Well, dust off those wands because today HBO Max announced that the legendary cast of Harry Potter will reunite for a special. It's called Harry Potter 20th Anniversary Return to Hogwarts and it's to commemorate the first ever movie, so that's Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, that premiered in cinemas 20 years ago this week. So crazy, also makes me feel really old. Lead stars Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson and Rupert Grint are all confirmed to be returning as well as the full extended cast of all eight movies. So we've got Helena Bonham Carter, Ralph Fiennes, Gary Oldman, Tom Felton and many, many more. And according to the press release, the retrospective special will tell an enchanting making of story through all new in-depth interviews and cast conversations, inviting fans on a magical first-person journey through one of the most beloved film franchises of all time. That is the truth. In all the excitement, it was pretty glaringly obvious that there was one notable name missing, and that was author and creator of the series, J.K. Rowling. So many believe this is due to the transphobic comments that Rowling made last year, and at the time, many of the stars of the film spoke out in defense of the trans community. So Daniel Radcliffe, who of course plays lead Harry Potter, he released a statement through the LGBT suicide prevention charity, The Trevor Project. His statement read, transgender women are women. Any statement to the contrary erases the identity and dignity of transgender people and goes against all advice given by professional healthcare associations who have far more expertise on the subject matter than either Joe, aka JK Rowling, or I. Emma Watson also tweeted in support at the time saying trans people are who they say they are and they deserve to live their lives without being constantly questioned or told they aren't who they say they are. 
I want my trans followers to know that I and so many other people around the world see you, respect you, and love you for who you are. So JK Rowling hasn't made any comment on the announcement yet. And the special, we don't even have to wait that long, you guys, because it's coming out on New Year's Day, January 1st, 2022. And that's on HBO Max in the States. But it's likely it'll probably be on Foxtel and Binge here. Am I right, Laura Brodnick? Please say yes. Yes, I'd say that's right. Thank you very much. Okay, well, we have to talk about Britney Spears again today because the big news dropped this week about her conservatorship. There's been a lot of other pop culture news happening. I think maybe has overshadowed that a bit. But in Britney Spears' camp, a few things are going on. So Britney Spears' legal team, I can't believe I'm reading this. Someone got carried away. A spokesperson from Britney Spears' legal team said she is ready for vengeance just as the decision was handed down to end her conservatorship. So as we all know, the conservatorship finally ended after 13 years this week, giving the singer control of her life for the first time since 2008. So she can now do wild things like go to the grocery store, choose to have a baby, choose her own clothes, see her kids, all that wild stuff she couldn't do before. So a member of Britney Spears' legal team actually gave an interview to The Sun when the hearing was taking place and said, she spent years afraid of her father, but she's not afraid anymore. She's confident and ready for vengeance. And with her new team around her, that's exactly what she's going to get. This is only the beginning of justice for her and only the beginning of investigations into anyone who has wronged her over the years. So we know Britney has some positive stuff going on in her life at the moment. This week she shared that Donatella Versace is actually designing her wedding gown, but it also looks like she's moving into this new Kill Bill, Taylor Swift, Bad Blood era where she's going to like simultaneously track down everyone who's wronged her over the years. And there's a few people on that list, wouldn't you say, Key? Uh, yeah, many people on that list. Probably everyone on her payroll is probably on her hit everyone list. Everyone on her family tree list. Exactly. I just feel like, although it does sound like quite dramatic and intense, like we have to remember the context of it. Like I think we gloss over it. Like her 13-year conservatorship, obviously there's a lot of assumed knowledge there, but I think we almost forget how intense it was. Like she was drugged against her own will. She was forced to use contraception against her own will. She was forced to work when she was sick and had, you know, like a crazy high fever. Like any of these circumstances we would ordinarily say are despicable, group them all together. No wonder that she feels so strongly about it. I'd be out for vengeance too. I think everyone's really getting caught up in the dancing in the street when the conservatorship ended and everyone's getting really fired up by these comments from her legal team who I'm sure they're doing their jobs and have her best interest at heart, but it sounds like they're trying to play into this media frenzy around her and whip it up a little bit, which when you look back around how many of these problems with this constant media attention and paparazzi following her actually led to the downfall of her mental health. And so instead of encouraging people to give her privacy and step away and not that you could stop the paparazzi and stuff for following her. Like she's a much bigger target now than she was before because now everyone wants to see pictures of Britney Spears living her free life. So they are just camped out around her house in LA and she can't go anywhere without this constant media attention even more intensely than before. And one of the stories that's come out of that is that apparently her mother, Lynn Spears, there's pictures and reports of her that have come from this intense paparazzi scrutiny of her going to Britney Spears' home 
home in LA and trying to talk to her daughter or get in contact with her and Britney Spears barring her from entering her home. So if we're talking about vengeance, it's definitely like her dad, Jamie, who tried to walk away from this just before it imploded, but is very much still on the list. And also it looks like her mum tried to get into the house to talk to her. She was turned away. Paparazzi caught all that. There's all the stuff happening with her sister and the release of her book and Britney lashing out against her on Instagram. Does it feel like we're stepping back now into that media era that was around her a decade ago? That's what I feel. It's almost fueling the fire of what ended up being kind of the catalyst for her demise, amongst other things, obviously her mental health issues and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't think the paparazzi are going to go anywhere, unfortunately. I think she just really needs to align herself with a good support team around her who have supported other really high-profile Hollywood stars before and helped them to lead a quieter life because there is a way that you can do it. Yes, she is the most high-profile person. It probably will involve hiring some decoys and playing that game. But if she wants to be really serious or even just moving to the UK, a lot of stars do that, a la Lindsay Lohan, how she always talks about how the paparazzi there are more forgiving, although I would also argue that their tabloids are not. But on the point of vengeance, I honestly think that Britney has had so many years to think about just how she's going to do this. And I think back to her first statement that she made when she spoke for the first time in court and she said they deserve to go to jail for what they did. And it was very clear that Jamie Spears, her father, agreed to end the conservatorship and what Matthew Rosengard, Britney's lawyer, said was a clear move to avoid being subpoenaed about what actually happened within the conservatorship. So it wouldn't surprise me just with the type of language that's being used by both Britney and her lawyer whether they actually do push forward with some legal action against the key players in her conservatorship and fight for justice, you know, the proper way, like within a court. But yeah, I'd be probably not answering my door if Lynn Spears rocked up either. It sounds like she wasn't completely the saint that she's painting herself out to be. Whether or not that was due to Jamie's hold over her, we won't know. But live your life, Brittany. You're free. Drink that champagne. Do your thing. And if she needs to have a little bit of a break, cleanse the fam out of her life for a while. I'm there to support her. So everyone is loving Brooke Blurton's season of The Bachelorette. There's been a whole lot of groundbreaking moments and some very romantic scenes. But... Today we're going to talk about something different. We're not going to talk about the cute gooey stuff because it's there and we appreciate it, but instead we need to talk about what is going on in the real world because even though there hasn't been a lot of drama on the show itself, what's happening out in the real world as we're now watching it is a whole other story. So allegedly, and I say that because, you know, with The Bachelor and The Bachelorette franchise, there's always so much talk around sources, you know, revealing stuff to different places and contracts leaking and people giving secret interviews. So we never know exactly what's what, but we're just going to piece together all the information we have here to give you an overview of what's happening. So allegedly, just as The Bachelor, so that was Jimmy's season, kicked off, there was a leak and some strict new rules for the contestants were revealed. And it was all done in the bid to keep who Jimmy and now, of course, Brooke, keep who they end up with a secret right till the end. Because as we know, there's always a media frenzy around these things. Social media doesn't help. And finales have been spoiled in the past where people find out who is chosen before the show actually airs, which is obviously not good for the studio putting all the money into making the show happen. 
So according to the So Dramatic podcast, there was an amendment to the contract that asked the contestants to sign over all of their social media passwords to Warner Brothers and Channel 10. So Warner Brothers is obviously the company behind the production for the duration of the show. And the new contract imposed a strict social media freeze period where contestants had to hand over the passwords to their Instagram accounts to 10 social media team. And they're pretty much locked out for the duration. So that was all the kind of reports at the time. There's also been claims, and again, we don't know, we're just saying what we've heard on the street, that for Jimmy's season and now for Brooke's season, contestants were offered a $5,000 bonus that they would get at the end of the season if they kept any spoilers under wraps. So if they weren't spotted out on dates with other people, if they didn't accidentally let slip when they were leaving the show, all that sort of stuff. So basically, allegedly, Channel 10 said, if you guys just play it clean behind the scenes and you keep everything a secret, we will give you some extra money at the end. So there's been a few slip-ups, but recently a pretty huge one happened, and that's what we're going to talk about. And that is the photos that came out of Bachelorette star Conrad kissing Abby Chatfield. Now, Key, we don't talk about paparazzi photos usually, and we'd obviously never share them with Mamma Mia, but there is a big story here, and I know that you've seen these photos, yeah? Yeah, well, they were just trying to, you know, enjoy being single in Byron Bay at the Beach Hotel, but some... Oh, you know the location and everything. Great place. Lovely beer. Yeah, of beer. course. It is very nice right <laughs> by the sea. And look, they both happen to be in the same place at the same time. Abby has spoken openly on her podcast. It's a lot the fact that she finds him very attractive. So, I mean, and she's attractive herself. So they had a bit of a smooch and the rest is kind of history. The photos blew up and a lot of people had a lot of opinions about it. So if you haven't seen them, and again, we're not saying to go look for them. Paparazzi photos in any way are very bad, but this did blow up into a big story. I don't think either of them have commented on it yet at the time of going to record, so there's nothing there. But we know they were at the Beach Hotel. I don't even think it was a proper paparazzi following them. I think it was just someone at the venue. Saw them talking, laughing, all that sort of stuff. Obviously, Abby's got a huge profile from being on Matt. Agu season of The Bachelor and then being on Bachelor in Paradise and she's got her whole own media empire and stuff. So obviously a lot of eyes would have been on her and Conrad. They're laughing. They start kissing. Someone snapped a photo, immediately sent it to the Daily Mail who ran all the photos along with, I'm only assuming, a 2,000 word breakdown of what happened. And then, again with the Daily Mail, sorry everyone, a production insider allegedly told the Daily Mail that Conrad was contacted by livid producers from the show after they saw the photos leak, which, again, we don't know if that's 100% true, but it feels pretty true. If you're a producer working on that show and you saw those photos come out, I can understand you'd be quite angry. So, allegedly, they were fuming and the person said that they would have hated to be on the other side of that phone call because they've gone to such extreme lengths to make sure that cast on Brooks season don't don't go rogue. And they thought they'd done a really good job, especially because they'd offered out people money. And now it was all spoiled because now we know that Conrad, unless something has happened behind the scenes, now we know that Conrad probably doesn't end up with Brooke. And he was one of the front runners, I feel. Yeah, he was. And up until those photos came out, he was coming, I think, second on sports bet as kind of the leading person to take Brooke's heart. And while I get it, like they are filming for quite a long time and say you leave reasonably early. I think we're about halfway now. That is a long time to be staying off your socials. And yes, you've been employed. You're meant to be doing a job. So I totally understand. But I thought it was quite interesting what former bachelorette Angie Kent said last week. She has a bachelorette column on Yahoo Lifestyle and she had this to say about Conrad's kiss with Abby. 
The sad fact is that now we know he won't be the one at the end with Brooke, which is very sad. I mean, I get it. We all need to eat. But I guess I'm a little bit more salty than the average punter because I know how much goes into this love safari experience and how much you just want everyone involved to do their part and, you know, perhaps not give away the ending at all. Like, is it that hard to make out behind closed doors these days when you're both hot property in the TV world at the moment? Now we know he isn't the one at the end. Can we perhaps replace his airtime with people who we don't know who won't be the last man or lady standing. This is an investment, goddammit. And they threw a spanner right into this investment. And that's what we always talk about is like, it is a bit unfair because people are giving up their time to be invested in this love story. And those spoilers just completely throw it out the door. So I do kind of agree with Angie Kent in this way. Like people were really invested in Conrad, but the really interesting thing about this is that as soon as those pitches broke, stories mysteriously started sprouting that Conrad is looking like a sure favorite to be the next Bachelor. So I almost feel like Channel 10's PR team are like, okay, he doesn't make it to the end, but don't lose hope. Keep watching for him because, you know, you're going to be invested in his love story later on. So I think the timing of that is quite interesting. I hadn't realised Angie Kent weighed in in that way, but it's so interesting of her bringing that perspective. I mean, look, I know no one likes a spoiler, but I kind of like this drama happening outside. It just adds to the experience of this show, knowing that these people are out in the real world. Things are actually happening in that way, but I do feel sorry for Channel 10 because I know what a headache that would be. But I wonder, will he be the next Bachelor if he's gone ahead and done this? Like, they gave him one simple task and he couldn't do it. He couldn't not kiss Abby Chatfield in the beach hotel, which fair play to him. When two hot people come together, the rules go out the window. But can they now trust him to lead an entire franchise where he has to be much more secretive and much more undercover than he has been this time around? I think when ratings are involved, yeah, and he is a massive favourite because he's like basically a nice guy, which is (laughs) a low bar. It's different when you're in a lead. Your contract's probably a lot tighter than perhaps it is for a contestant. You're sure, obviously, to get much bigger leg up into the entertainment world and basically carve out a career for yourself that isn't just straight kind of like influencing. So I feel like there's probably more at stake as a lead that he might lean into. But yeah, it's just interesting, isn't it? The one thing I always think about is that like there doesn't tend to be this many leaks in the US franchise. And it's weird. Like I think culturally the US really buy into the love story more than perhaps we do in Australia because they're super invested and leaks don't tend to come out as much like there's a lot of theories but I think the contestants on the show stay pretty like on the line about everything whereas here I feel like everyone's just like oh yeah fuck it I'm on the show now I'm just gonna go and get some chicks you know that is exactly what they say and just to finish up we do know then there was some contention because apparently people thought Brooke was back on dating apps and everyone was like oh my gosh she doesn't find true love it's all been a lie but she's come out and said she's definitely not any dating apps she's definitely still with the person she found on the show we know now it's not Conrad I think that just makes it more exciting because now the whole game has opened up and in a few weeks we'll know exactly who she chooses Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. Remember, you can follow us both on Instagram. Yes, that's it. Your two favourite podcast hosts 
are live on Instagram. I'm at Reese and Laura is at Laura underscore Brodnick. And just by reading or listening to our content, you are helping to fund girls in schools in some of the most disadvantaged countries in the world. And that's through our partnership with Room to Read. We are currently funding 300 girls in school every day and our aim is to get to 1,000. Visit mamamia.com.au to find out more. This episode of The Spill was produced by Laura Brodnick, a.k.a. Larsnick. Never going to let that down. Please don't call me that, anyone. And Madeline Joanna with audio production by Leah Porges. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au. Ciao. Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.